You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's great help in Ramah Pesham Israel 5769 2009. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Shemos. At the very beginning of the Parsha, so the Torah describes how the Jewish people begin to become enslaved by Pharaoh, by Pharaoh. And one of the first stories that the Torah tells us that happened in Egypt at this time was that Pharaoh, he turns to these two midwives, Shifra and Pua, who our sages tell us is actually referring to Yochevit and Miriam, the mother and sister of Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron HaKohen. So Pharaoh turns to them and he says to them, I want you to kill any Jewish children, any boys that are born. And the Torah tells us right here at the beginning in chapter 1, verse 17, And the midwives feared God. They didn't do as the king of Mitzrayim told them to do. They allowed the children to live. The Torah continues to describe how Paro calls them to task. What have you done? Why don't you kill the children? And they respond and say that we weren't able to. By the time we get there, the children are already born. It would be too late. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be possible to do it inconspicuously. The Torah tells us in verse 20 and 21, God did good for these midwives. And the nation became very great. There became very many. And it was when these midwives feared God, God made for them houses. Now the first thing that I want to understand at this point in the narrative, in the story, is what were these houses that God made for them? And what was the reward for their actions? It seems from the verses that because they did this good thing, they saved all the Jewish children, they didn't kill them, they didn't listen to power, they feared God, therefore God rewarded them by giving them these houses. What are these houses? What's this referring to? As we continue along in the Parsha, so we find at the beginning of chapter 2, the Torah tells us, that a certain man went out from the house of Levi and he married the daughter of Levi. So our sages tell us this is referring to Amram, who is Moshe Rabbeinu's father, and his mother Yocheved. And in fact, our sages say something very interesting, that what had happened was Amram had divorced his wife, Yocheved. Why? Because since power had decreed that all of the sons should be killed, so Amram said the following logic, and everyone followed him because he was the God Hador, he was the great sage of the of that generation. So he said to himself, well, if I'm going to have children, so it's going to happen, so if it's a boy, so power's going to end up killing him. So basically, if I bring children into the world to get killed, that's not such a good thing. So he decided to divorce his wife, and many of the Jews followed after him. However, he had a very young daughter named Miriam, and Miriam, she says to her father, she says, Abba, while it's true that Paro, he wants to kill all the boys, but by you divorcing mommy, so you're preventing both the boys and the girls from being born. Amram listened carefully to his daughter, and he took his daughter's advice, he remarried his wife, and the result was that they had this child, Moshe. Now, the question that I want to ask about at this point is, what's the significance of the story? Why was it that Miriam could think of this, his daughter could think of it, but he couldn't think of it himself? He was the greatest of that generation. Why was it that the, the idea had to come out through his daughter? And the story continues, and the Torah describes how the, the son is born, Moshe Rabbeinu is born, and so for three months she's able to hide, Yochebed is able to hide her son Moshe. However, after three months, so she has no choice, she has to send him into the river, because the, the Egyptians, the police, they already know that she's been married for nine months. So she has to take the baby, little Moshe, and she puts him inside of a little box, and she places him inside of the river. And his sister, Moshe's sister Miriam, is standing by watching what's going to happen with the child. And as we know, the story goes, so Batia, the daughter of Paro, she sees this little baby inside the water, she grabs the baby out of the water, and she has compassion upon the baby, and she says, obviously this is one of the Jewish children. 
And so Miriam takes her opportunity and says to her, if you want, I can bring you a Jewish woman who's going to, to be able to nurse this baby. And Bas Paro agrees to it. And in fact, so Moshe Rabbeinu's mother, Yocheved, was the one who was able to actually nurse her own baby. Moshe was nursed by his mother. And I'd like to point out something which... I don't know if it's a great question, but it's just something to notice, and we're going to explain it later. And that is that the one who found Moshe Rabbeinu was Basi, the daughter of Paro. It wasn't any sons of Paro. It wasn't any high-ranking officers. It wasn't anyone else. It was specifically the daughter of Paro. We need to understand why specifically the daughter of Paro. Now, one of the most amazing things, as the, as the story continues, we find in, in verse 11, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu, so he grew up in the house of Paro. He was like a prince in a certain sense. But despite the fact that he grew up in the house, the verses tell us in, in verse 11, Mahem, and it was in those days, Moshe, Moshe grew up, he went out to his brothers, and he saw their difficulties. And the story continues to tell us how there was a Mitzri, an Egyptian was hitting a Jew, and Moshe Rabbeinu has, ends up killing that, that Egyptian, etc. The thing I'd like to point out is despite the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu grew up in the house of an evil power who, who was totally coming to destroy the Jewish people, he's coming to enslave the Jewish people, nevertheless Moshe was able to identify himself with the Jewish people nevertheless. He felt he was still part of his people. That's an amazing thing because we have to know how was it, where did he get it from that the Jewish people was, that he cared so much about them, even though for all intents and purposes he was an Egyptian, he was growing up in the house of power, he was a prince, how was it that he had the ability to identify so much with, with his brethren? And to the point where he ends up being the goal, he ends up being the one who's going to redeem the Jewish people. Where did he get that fortitude from? Where did it come from? Another thing I'd like to point out is that so we have at the beginning of the story of the Parsha, so we have Miriam, we have Yochevet. The next time that we encounter Miriam, I believe, is actually many, many chapters later, in chapter 15, verse 20. There it says, it's talking about right after the splitting of the sea, after the Jews were saved and all the Egyptians were drowned. There it says, So Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, she takes the drum in her hand, and all of the women followed after with drums and dances. And the verses describe how Miriam led these women in song. Now it's interesting, why is it that we have no mention of Miriam from the beginning of the story till all the way till the end of the story? What's the understanding of that? I think it's a significant point that we need to explain. One last point that I'd like to make is that we see throughout the Parsha, all the points that we made, we see that women played a significant role as the events were unfolding in Mitzrayim in Egypt. In fact, this is something that's stated explicitly on the Fyodal from Abayz, page 11b in Sota. There the Gemara says, Dorash Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said the following drasha, Bishar Noshim Tzidkaniyos Shehoyibo Isahador, in reward for the righteous women that were in that generation, Nikalu Yisraeli Mitzrayim, the Jewish people were redeemed from Egypt. Nikamar goes on to tell about tremendous amounts of sacrifice that the Jewish women had done in order to help out their husbands who were working out in the fields. They would bring them food. They would help them out. They would clean them up. Tremendous amount of self-sacrifice that the women did. And in the merit of these women, so the Jewish people were able to be redeemed. And it's clear from the verses themselves that the women played an integral role. That we need to understand why is it that because of the schus, the merit of these Jewish women, why was that what was going to bring about the geula, the redemption? This question is also significant because our sages also tell us that just like in those days the redemption was brought about by the righteous women, so too in our times the righteous women are going to bring about the final redemption. So this is something that we need to understand deeply because by understanding it we'll be able to perhaps activate within ourselves the ability to bring about that final redemption. So to begin with I'd like to go back to the question that we asked at the very beginning. The first question was, 
that what's the understanding? Why was it that the women, the Shifra and Pua, who were known as Yochevet and Miriam, the mother and sister of Moshe Rabbeinu, when they were saving the Jewish children, not allowing them to be killed. So their reward was that Hashem made for them houses. What's the significance of the house that God is making for them? What's this house? What's it talking about? And I think once we understand the essence of this concept, we're going to understand what is the essence of a Jewish woman, what is her power, what is her koach, and how does she have the ability to bring the redemption. So there's a verse that, that's in Mishle, in Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 1. There it says, Chachmois Noshim Bonsa Vesa. The wisest of women built the house. Vi'iveles Biodeha Tersana. However, a foolish woman, in her hands will the house be destroyed. So what does that mean, that the wisest of women, she's able to build a house? So the Gra gives a very interesting explanation. He takes, a, takes it out of the simple pshat, the simple understanding of the verse. And he says, actually, what's this wisest of women? The wisest of women is referring to the neshama, the soul. And what's this house that it's building? It's referring to Om Haba, the next world. So what, it's, what the verse is really saying, what King Solomon was saying in his great wisdom, was that a, a neshama, the soul, has the ability, the power, to use this world, to utilize the opportunities that a person has in this world, to be able to build for himself a house. What's that house? The house is the place that a person will dwell in eternally, that eternal abode, the Olam Haba, the future world that he earns for himself by all the good deeds, the spiritual acquisitions that he creates for himself in this world. That's how the Gura explains the verse. Now, I think from this explanation, we can really garner what the essence of a woman is. The essence of a woman is the ability to see what's going to be in the far future. She has the ability to invest here, in the here and now. She has the ability to plant the seeds, to develop the seeds, and she has the ability to think, what's going to be in the far future? How am I going to build my house? How am I going to build my future? That's the woman's power. That's the Jewish woman's power. We can actually find this idea built into the Jewish woman's body because we need to look no further than the way Hashem created us, the way God created us biologically for us to understand the idea behind femininity. It's also true in regards to understanding the idea behind Jewish maleness. But we're focusing over here on the concept of the Jewish woman. And when we talk about the idea of what a Jewish woman does, so one of her functions, the, the function of a woman, is to be able to create children. The child grows inside of her. There's a tremendous development that takes place, and it takes place, Bitsina, in a completely hidden place. It's inside, and it's developing, and the woman, so through all of her systems, so that child that's inside of her, that seed is growing and growing, becomes a fetus, and it becomes a child, and inside of her all along, it's being nourished by all the systems inside of the woman for nine months long and finally after all of those nine months of development and nourishment in hiding so finally she's able to see the fruits of her labors it's something that she waits for for many for a long time and with tremendous difficulty after all the difficulty is over so she sees the fruits of all that she's put in all the efforts that she's done that's the concept of the Jewish woman that's the idea why these women, Yocheved and Miriam, so the Torah starts off by telling us that they feared God and they invested in the Jewish people. They were willing to put their own lives on the line in order that the Jewish people should have continuity, that there should be Jewish children being born, they shouldn't have them forbid be killed. And because of them, what does the Torah tell us is beautiful? Vayaslahem Batim. God made for them houses because the house represents that place where the Jewish woman invests her efforts. Just like her womb is that, that place which is hidden, where 
where she's investing her efforts and she sees the fruits of the house. The Jewish home is the place where the Jewish woman invests her efforts into her children to be able to create the next generation of Jewish children which one day her children will be able to walk out of that house and they're going to be a shining light just like after nine months a woman, so she gives birth to a child. So after many years, so the children that she's invested in behind the walls of her house, so they walk out, they come out of that house, they create their own houses. That's the house that Hashem gave them because they were ready to invest in the Jewish future. So Hashem gave them a place to further invest. That was their reward. Their reward was a continuation of what they were doing until that point. This idea also explains why when Amram, he couldn't figure out he had divorced his wife because he didn't want to bring children into the world if the boys were going to be killed. But Miriam, his daughter, specifically a woman, a young child, a girl, but it was a woman who had to have that foresight, who knew, she knew how to build the houses. She and her mother together had built. And she knew that in order for Klaisel to be redeemed, in order for the Jewish people to continue to exist as a nation, so her father needed to remarry her mother. And in fact, this young woman, Miriam, was the one who would cause the salvation of the Jewish people to be brought about through Moshe Rabbeinu's birth, through Moses' birth. That's the significance of the fact that Batya, the daughter of Paro, again a woman, was there at the very beginning of the whole entire story. She also was involved in planting those seeds that would eventually sprout to be able to bring forth the redemption of the Jewish people. And also, interestingly, we had asked the question before, how was it that Moshe Rabbeinu, where did he have it inside of him to go out to see his brother's pain, to be able to identify with them, even though he had grown up in the house of Paro? And the answer is that when he was very, very young, his mother was the one who nursed him. His mother was the one who implanted within him those seeds, those seeds that would so many years later bear fruit when he would go out and he would be, he would totally identify with the Jewish people. He would totally identify with their pain despite the fact that he grew up as a prince because the seeds had been planted. That's the woman's ability to plant those seeds and eventually the Jewish woman is the one who brings about that redemption. And as the story progresses and we see Moshe Rabbeinu, he has the fortitude to be able to be that redemption Redeemer for the Jewish people and Aaron also because this Yocheve, this Miriam, they invested in their family. They were able to see the potential that, that was dormant within them. And they were able to invest and invest and behind closed doors and it wasn't in a place where everyone would see it but eventually everyone would see it because Moshe and Aaron would be the ones that would bring about the Geula, the redemption of the Jewish people. But it was all rooted in the Geula that was brought about because of the women. The Nashim Tzidkaniyah, those righteous women who started the whole story. That's why Shem most begins with the story of this, these righteous women because they were the ones who started the ball rolling. They invested that effort at the very beginning and their efforts bore fruit and eventually they were able to see the redemption and that's why where does Miriam appear again? She appears again in triumph as they come through the Red Sea and they come to the other side all of a sudden Miriam reappears and it's not a coincidence because she had invested all that effort at the beginning. She planted those seeds and she was the one who saw the fruition, who saw the final redemption of her people where the Egyptians went down with the waves and the Jewish people came through on dry land and she started all the women singing. All the women were singing. They sang their own song. They sang their, Why did they sing their own song? The answer is because the Jewish woman's song is a song of redemption. It's a song of investment in the Jewish people, in the home, in the bias.
that Chachmais Noshim, the wisest of the women, Bon Sabesa, has the ability to build that house, to see the future, to see where we're headed, to see the Olam Haba, the future world, the world of spirituality. We, each of us, have that aspect of the Jewish woman. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, but each one of us has that aspect within ourselves. We have that ability to invest in the future, to be able to see what's going to be, to be able to bring about the redemption. We can learn from Yochevin and Miriam, from the mother and sister of Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akoin. They were willing to sacrifice, to do whatever it took, because they knew it was right. They feared Hashem, and they were willing to put themselves on the line for that. Hashem should help us all, that we should be able to also have that self-sacrifice, have that ability to see where we're headed, to look to the future, to be able to invest now into our spiritual future, to be able to invest now in the ge'ula, the redemption of the Jewish people. If we invest ourselves now, if we can see the bright future that's ahead of us, we can be able to, to build that bias, that bias nemon Israel, that faithful house, that house that will be filled with spirituality, with Torah, with mitzvot, and closeness to God. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very good Shabbos.